What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week, we have a great episode with Skip Sly. If you don't know Skip, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes we've done for the Land Podcast and the Exodus Podcast. That'll provide a lot more context to what we're talking about here today. Uh, the brief introduction to Skip is he is from Michigan, moved to Iowa, and has uh, is now a farmer. Um, it really ate up with land, helping others, and he actually owns and runs Iowa Whitetail, which is a forum for non-biased, really high value information for anyone that is looking to learn more. So I encourage you guys to go check that out. And we discuss in this conversation, current land market, we discuss some advice for a first time land buyer right now in today's economy, market climate, everything. And then we also discuss commodity prices and how it may have a different role in land prices moving up in the next, let's say 12 to 18 months. And also the influx of investors and what that impact may or may not be for land. So hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Some great conversations here. We're going to be releasing a Exodus podcast tomorrow with Skip about food plots. And we're going to have another one all about habitat. So those are excellent conversations as well. I encourage you guys to go check all of those out. Real quick, if you're brand new to the podcast, the goal here is to help 100 people buy their first piece of land. Number one, easiest way to get involved is if you're in the state of Illinois and you need an agent, a buyer's agent, I'm happy to help you. Number two, if you want to get connected with someone I would personally do business with, I'm happy to do my best to help get you connected with a few folks. You can decide who you want to work with. And then number three, if you just simply learn something here from the podcast, let me know. And I want to add you to the spreadsheet. I just got one this morning. I got a text from someone that was able to purchase their first farm from the information from the podcast. And that is really exciting. So let's go ahead and get right into this episode. Here we go. So I want to talk just a little bit about land itself in the market. And uh, obviously no one, no one ever knows what's going on, but we can only deduct with the facts that are in front of us. And I think it's a general consensus that the economy is turning less favorable than what it was for 21 or 20, let's say 2021. What, what, what's your, there's a guy listening right now that maybe is working towards buying his first farm or is ready to buy his first farm. And maybe he's a little bit more skittish than what he was six months ago and maybe rightfully so. So I just want to hear what your feedback is for someone like that. So I would say I agree with everything you said. I think we have, my, my guess is, is we've got more turmoil coming up. I mean, it's one event. It's one event that's going to spook a lot of people that could really turn this market the other way. And three, four, five weeks ago, whatever it was, that whole bank thing, had they not got a system in place to bail them out, that would have been it. I'm just saying how it would have been it. Had, had they gone, yep, they're going under, nobody's stepping up, they're not getting bailed out, there's no fix. We'd be screwed right now for people selling land. You'd be in deep trouble uh, and these prices would have been down. So something like that's going to happen. Something, And again, I always say it's always something weird. I would have never guessed Silicon Valley Bank, I haven't heard of it, can't, you know, fulfill the deposits. I mean, it's always something like that. Always just weird stuff. So um, we're just one thing away that they're like, hey, we couldn't actually fix it this time. We couldn't actually bail it out. There was no fix. And one of those things might be they've tried to fix inflation and they can't fix inflation. And here's the ramifications of it. That might be the the event. I don't know. Um but there'll be an event. So, so things are going to get worse at some point. 
And you could make that statement at any time, but right. it will happen. <laughs> if I say it's going to get worse, you're like, I just keep saying it. Uh, yeah, that dude's wrong every time. It's, it's, I'll just keep saying it eventually like, hey, the 87th time he said it, he was right. But, but it's going to happen. There's the I guy, mean, Michael Burry, who predicted 2008. And he's been predicting doom stuff nonstop. Like he's a, he's a, just a doomer. And uh, people are like, well, all right, you were kind of a one-trick pony now. But to your point, yeah, I think that yeah. there's there, – it's looking in the water and seeing that there's some sort of current going on. And you don't know if it's a big fish swimming by. You don't know if there was a big rock. That's just how I look at it. Like it's clear that there's something going on. No doubt. But it's no what, doubt. to what impact. So, so I'll bottom line it here for a new buyer that's on the fence. If you're capable, if you have the money, you need to buy ground. Now, what does that look like? I would say it looks like now, I would do it now, or within two years maximum. If you're capable now, if you want to just patiently wait, and you're like, hey, it took me two years to find my farm, fine, but I'd be willing to pull the trigger tomorrow. I still would, even with this said, I still would pull the trigger tomorrow if you're capable and if you find the right farm and you feel like I got a fair price. Oh, but it went down later. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What I don't want it to turn into is a guy that's like, you know, that's why I say one day, like today, to two years at the most. Because what happens to the guy that doesn't buy within two years, he becomes the guy that I know, the million of them I know, a lot of them, um, great people, wonderful people, but they become the guy that have been talking about buying land and they've been prepared for 10 and 15 years. I should have bought it when it was $100 an acre. And, uh, you know, these guys are 105 years old. I should have bought it right back in the 1940 time frame. I think it's going to come back. No, nah, dude. No, I mean, you get to be, hey, I want to buy land and it's my plan. I'm worried about these things. And you're the guy that it turns into five years. I think there's a very strong likelihood or 10 that that ends up being the guy that's like never got in. And then he looks in his rearview mirror and he's like, yeah, now the prices are higher. I wish I would have bought back then. I'm going to wait for it to crack and it never does. And so, so if you pay a little more now and it gets you in the game, even if it goes down, no big deal. And, and, and buy it, you're, you're buying it uh, with the, the mass saying, if it does go down even 20% or something, I'm still fine. Just hold, hold on to it. I mean, it didn't really go down 20% unless you cash out until you realize that loss. So don't cash out. Mm -hmm. And eventually it'll be like, hey, I was down 20%. I bought it. The market went down 20%, but I didn't buy it to resell it right away. Or I didn't buy it to resell it at all. And then you wait five more years and like, oh, now I'm, I made my 20% loss back up. Now I'm up 30%. So you're, you'll be in the positive at some point too. So I can say, hey, there may be a catastrophe coming with the economy. I could say that and I'll eventually I'll be right. Well, I can also say whatever you buy your land at, as long as it's not obscene, you buy it at a good a market rate, uh, I can say that with equal confidence. Eventually you will have equity in that farm and it will be worth more than what you paid for it. So buy the land today if it's the right farm and if you're capable. Don't let it go past a year, two years. Don't be the guy that's 10 years down the road. If you're the guy that wants land, that have prepared for it, that saved for it, and is capable of it, and you can't help yourself, and you're gonna just probably go buy a new truck, don't be that guy that 10 years later still doesn't own land, and you got a brand new truck though. Yeah. Don't do that. That'd be my advice. That's a great example. Um, is there anything that you would have done differently or wish you've done differently throughout your land journey? 
Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody will say the obvious one. Like I wish I would have bought everything. Sure. I couldn't have done that. Yeah. So, so I'm not, um, I wouldn't change that. Uh, I had to learn things the hard way being a city boy, like it, like how much I spent on broken machinery and, um, Hey, I'm going to go farm. This was me. And at like 28, 29, I'm like, yeah, I'll farm 2000 acres this year. Like I didn't understand the markets. Um, I didn't understand the mistakes that can go on with farming. That's kind of like the guy I was talking about earlier that goes out his first time. And I had farmed smaller before then, but the guy that, that goes off and buys 20,000 trees, it's like, geez, I went, I went pretty fast from like farming 200 acres to 2000 when I wasn't ready for it. And I wasn't prepared and I didn't understand the markets. I didn't understand marketing your grain. I didn't understand inputs. I didn't understand commodities. I just didn't understand it. And then you know, while I'm doing this, I'm learning how to run all sorts of new machinery and I'm breaking stuff all the time because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and my wife's like, hey, your tire bill, your tire bill this year was like 20, 20 some thousand dollars on tires. <laughs> um, I mean, just I, I try, I starting out, I wrecked a lot of stuff like <laughs> equipment and just made a lot of dumb boneheaded mistakes. And um, you know, didn't know when I started, I mean, some, somewhere in this period, I went from a city boy that never had been on a farm ever to, Hey, I'm going to have a garden to, Hey, I'm going to farm a little ground or have food plots. And I'm going to farm a little ground to farming a lot of ground. Well, at some point in that process, I didn't realize stupid things now that I say are stupid, but and very obvious, like don't plant stuff when it's wet. I mean, to me now, that's like laughable. It's hilarious. But I didn't, there was a point in my life I didn't know that. Like, don't mud stuff in. Don't drive through fields when it's raining. Uh, don't compact your soil. Don't, don't, um, don't run a, a deep ripper or a heavy aggressive disc on a, on a hill that's slanted like this. I mean, I've learned <laughs> all, those, all the lessons you can learn, I've learned them. Do you think that's just part of the process? Part of the part of the process to get to where you're at today? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It was just expensive <laughs> and frustrating. It, yeah, it just cost me you, money. You won't you won't make that mistake again. Or, or no, I yeah. There's definitely things like yeah, and you know, I went from two thousand acres one year, and I dialed that back fast. Uh, to where I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not making this mistake again. And I dialed it back to a manageable level. And then sometimes I grew, sometimes I retracted and I still do that. I fluctuate all over the board now. Um, just based on my workload, like, Hey, I got a bunch of CRP I want to put in on this farm or something. I'm going to roll that. Well, that's going to take up a lot of my spring to do that. So let's go rent that stuff out over there. Or, you know, I'll get a farm that I might buy an hour away and the local people are not good at, and this is a luxury, but I'm not comfortable with the people that want to rent the land or there's not a lot of people that want to rent it. Well, then I can just drive, I'll drive my stuff up there and farm it myself. I can, I can adapt like that really easy. Um, when I started, obviously I couldn't, I could not. I mean, and then 
you know, just like, Hey, I'm, how do I go through and sign up CRP? How do I get it all done? How do I find the right people to hire? And granted, I usually did that myself, but for everybody else they're going, how do I hire the right people? How do I know my CRP is going to get done? Right. Um, how do I know the dirt work's going to get done? Right. I mean, those are, those are tough ones, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of mistakes that are made with that stuff. Um, there's very viable solutions. So just, you know, it's kind of like hiring somebody to do something in your house. You check references. You, you really, you know, give them a little mini interview. Check in with their work. Hey, I hired this guy to, to seed my CRP because I don't have a CRP drill. I don't know what I'm doing. Go look at it. Make sure he's really putting out seed, which as crazy as it, as it is, some guys will be like, yeah, here's your seed bill. You didn't seed anything. I did. And they didn't. Whoa. I mean, it's, it's crazy that that stuff happens yeah. a lot. A lot. It's expensive seat. That's so, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So find reputable reputable people. Like, hey man, this guy did work for me. He did a great job. And you'll find buddies and people in your neighborhood. Yep. And you'll figure that stuff out really quick. But you know, I think a lot of people have been like with anything. You know, they get burnt. I have bought a car, and the guy didn't tell me that the transmission's about to go out. I mean, you just deal with this all the time. But vet people out that are that are on your farm doing work for you uh so the qual the the quality of the projects is top notch and um and just understand you're gonna have some snags along the way <laughs> you know, i've got this stuff i've got this stuff dialed in after this many years i do but i have multiple times a week where I have some major snags or things didn't go the way I planned it. Or, Hey, I was going to do this the whole day, but this piece of equipment broke and I'm, you know, I'm done. Uh, I got to have backup plans mm -hmm. and my, some of my backup plans are crazy. Like, Hey, I got to get stuff done. So I don't have one planter. I don't I have like four. And then I have, you know, okay. And, and, you know, this tractor goes bad. Well, I have another one I can hook up to just cause I can't like, especially now if something breaks, Oh yeah, that part that, that'll be in. I think we're looking at a two month backward. You can't handle oh that my stuff. Gosh. You gotta yeah. have backup plans. Yeah. Now that what I just said is not going to apply to 99.9% .9 of people out there, but you still got to have backup plans with whatever you're doing on your farm. If this doesn't get done right, if, um, this isn't done on time. What can I do next? And that might be for plots. That might be for whatever it is. And that's why I said, you know, if you try to bean plot and it's not successful, realize there's, there's other solutions. There's always other steps that can be backup and just anything you do have some backup plans in place. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Here's, and maybe this will be a similar theme here, but what's something you wish you knew in your late twenties, early thirties that you know now, and this can be about hunting. This can be about land. This can be about life. This can be about work. What's something you just wish you really knew, let's say, 15 years ago? Mm, I maybe I maybe got caught up in the hype of uh, uh, the market's just going to keep going up and up and up and up. You got to buy now, buy now, buy now, buy now. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And people go, no, man, it's never going to come back down ever again. It just hit new highs, and it's just going to keep going up. I mean it's a cycle. There's going to be times and it might not, it's, I'm not saying a cycle like, Hey, the land prices are going to dip in half or, but there'll be, there's going to be cycles where you're like, Hey, it was going like this. It was rocketing up. And now it just, 
it peters out and maybe even dips a little, you'll definitely see that. So understanding those cycles have gone on forever, forever, and they're going to continue to go on forever. There will never be a point in time where there will not be opportunities to buy land, um, to grow into a big farm. Uh, I think I kind of figured that out by my late twenties and my early twenties. I mean, I was at, I was sprinting, just sprinting. Cause I saved since I was like 12 years old. I mean, maybe 11 with my lawn business. So I was sprinting to buy land. Like I graduated college and I'm like, Hey, bye. I got my job. I got to buy land. Like, like that week, that week I graduated college and I'm like, we're going, <laughs> I bought it that week. You don't need to sprint. You don't need to sprint. And it was, it was at a time when the land was going like uh -huh. up, doing the same thing then. And then dip back down later, came back up, dip back down. It's going to cycle forever. So just be, be patient. If you lose farms, I've said this one before, but I really wanted that farm. I'm so upset. My buddies call me. I'm so upset. I missed out on this great farm. Don't worry about it. There will be another one. Uh, I promise you there'll be another one. There'll be 10 more. There'll be a hundred more. Unless you're talking about like, well, you know, I'm in Illinois and I found a, a you know, a farm with a unicorn on it. And, uh, and somehow I could afford a 10,000 acre farm and I found it, you know, sure. but Hey, I want to buy a 50 acre farm. Like your example. Yeah. There's going to be hundreds of them, yeah. hundreds. And when you buy your 50 acre farm, that you're like, hey, I was looking for my dream farm. I found it's 50 acres. If you pretend like I still, you know, I got it, but I'm not going to let off the gas. I'm going to pretend like I didn't get it. You could find 100 more just like it or similar if you're just patient. And usually the guy buys the 50 and he's like, okay, now I'm off the market. You know, pay attention. But if you miss out on that farm, clearly do not get bent out of shape. There's going to be more. And if you miss a period of time, like darn it, man, it used to be four grand an acre. Now it's six, it's still doable. And if you want to wait till it softens a little bit, fine. Um, bite the bullet a little bit and buy it when it's higher, realizing that your dollar is worth less, it's inflated. And just because it was four and it's six, that doesn't really mean it went up 2000 because the dollar's worth less. Sure. You know, inflation's up and your, and your rent prices are probably up too because commodities are up. So it all kind of works itself out. And as we get to like, the point where a lot of these farms are like 1% ROI and stuff, that's going to correct. It's going to correct because there's a, enough people out there that cannot sustain a farm with debt on it. That's at a 1% ROI or a zero mm -hmm. or a four. Yeah. My interest rate it kicks out 4% and my interest rate's going to go up to eight. Those guys it's are going to be selling fast. Yeah. That's coming. Yeah. That is coming, but there's all cash buyers in the market. There is a lot of cash buyers. There is. But there, there's been cash buyers 10 years ago. Yeah. That market tanked 10 years ago. There's cash buyers 20 years ago. Maybe slightly less, but still there was a lot. And those people will always be fine. Those people will always be there. And there's always 20 years ago, 100 years ago, three, 200 years ago, there was people who bought land with debt. Those people exist today. They existed 10 years ago. And those people are going to be in trouble when their adjustable rate mortgage comes up or... You know, they're subsidizing their farm with their business that isn't doing well, with a job they lost. Um, I got divorced and the market's slower. I need to sell it. Um, you know, there's going to be tons of opportunities coming up here forever, forever. So, yeah, the conversation and, and strategy doesn't really change. It's just 
remaining patient and diligent of hunting something up good. Yeah. Okay. Same strategy as, um, you know, waiting for a mature buck for your, Hey, my area produces, um, four and a half year old bucks on occasion. It does. It's consistently done it. If you hunt right and you do these things and you stick with it, you're going to get your chance at a four and a half year buck. It's the same thing with land. If you're set up right, your finances are set up right, you're driven. You're like, I'm going to do this. I have a path. You will get a chance at it and you will execute and you'll get it done. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Don't, don't lose sleep. Easier said than done. You know, I, I have some ones that sting. I'm like, Oh, lost out on that one. Uh, it stung, but the next day life goes on big deal yeah big deal it's nothing a little blip Are, is there any farm where you do kick yourself would you still think about it like oh <laughs> tons <man>. of them <laughs> okay. tons of them but you just keep moving uh, forward doesn't do any good to to, to dread the ones off. that the ones that sting i don't want to taint this at all but the ones that sting were, were like realtors pulled shenanigans is why i didn't get it like hey i know you didn't show my offer yeah or you took my offer and you showed it to somebody else to leverage my offer. And that's why I didn't get the farm. Those are the ones that sure. stay. Yeah. The one where I'm like, hey, legitimately, the guy's like, hey, I need this and I won't go to that. And it just didn't work out. No big deal. Or, hey, I missed that auction. And man, that thing went for a steal. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those auctions, there's been a few. I mean, this is over thousands of auctions, you know. Who has time to go to thousands of auctions? Nobody. But like two in there where I'm like, I, and I missed it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, and like, whoa, if I would have gone, I would have killed it. But <laughs> you can say that about everything. Yeah. I should have bought Apple stock back in 2000. I should this will that's, go on forever. That's Don't so worry fair, about yeah. it. Yep. Don't worry about it at all. And I know that's easier said than done, but literally don't worry yeah, about make it. Make a plan, execute against it, and hold yourself accountable. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, there was another thought. Do you think with the increased popularity of farmland investing and the increased popularity of, of people who are buying land that typically wouldn't have 10 years ago has a positive or negative impact for land prices? Or, and obviously that's kind of twofold. Well, it's clearly increasing the prices. Now, is that a good thing for the market? Not really. And the reason I say not really is for a few reasons, is most of these people who are investors, even the investor groups, the REITs or whatever you want to call it, there, maybe there's a few good ones, I don't know. But I know a lot of investors, a lot that do not understand the land. They do not understand it. They're paying too much. They don't understand what they're buying. They don't understand things like, um, hey man, I bought a, in, in Iowa, we have production ratings and so I bought a 70 CSR farm and I, I bought it I'm in California and I bought it because it's 70 CSR. Does it have any tile in it? I don't know. Do you know how much it would cost to pattern tile it? What's, what's tile? They don't know. Well, yeah, it does need tile and it floods. It's 70 CSR or 80 CSR, but it floods. Floods? What do you mean? It's in a, very, <laughs> it's in a floodplain, dude. Um, I mean, this stuff happens all the time. So these investors... When you, get, when you get a flush, and that's what we had, we had a major flush of new investors who do not fundamentally understand that market. Uh, it, it overinflated the value, and it's going to find these people in trouble. 
because they're going to have problems that happen. And when they go to resell that farm, I'm an investor. And then they're like, you know, people in the market's tighter and there's not all these buyers and they want to sell it. And now it's back to informed buyers are like, wait, 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 you want 20,000 an acre for something that's in a floodplain with no tile that floods out half the crop? What would you give me? Well, it needs $2,000 an acre worth of tile and we can't fix the, the fact that it floods. So I'll give you, you know, six grand. Uh, do, do you think that oh. seller sells and, and, you know, takes that loss or do they just, hey, I'm going to, well, a little Sometimes bit of a sudden cost fallacy where they just Pe- like, I'm in it. So I'm going to keep getting Pe- people returns. don't realize this. And people would probably, most people would say, I disagree with what he's going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I've seen a lot of times where they do sell for a loss, like, um, people bought a lot of stuff around here in whenever the grain really went up high, I think it was like 12 or 13, 2012 or 13. So like 10 years ago and the auctions were crazy. It was like a circus. It's like, it is how how it was last year. Yeah. And, and everybody bid it up and they didn't know what they were doing. They did not know what they were doing and they bid it up too high and they were excited. They were excited. And two years later, those grain prices are from one. Boom. Which I think we're yeah. going to have. Great, grain prices are going. <laughs> yeah. They're, I don't know where they're going to go. Yep. Well, all of a sudden they're like, hey, I paid 10 grand an acre for this. You know, this was 10 years ago. And the rent at the time was, two, was 300 bucks an acre. Now I got farmers offering me 150 and 175. Uh, geez, my rent's in half. And we got some other things coming up. Here's, here's investors. Here's what people got to understand. These people are investors. They're doing other things. Okay. They might be involved in this business or that business, or they might have a diversified portfolio and they might have something happen like, hey, we manufacture cars or we have this business. That, and all of a sudden that business is hemorrhaging. We're having trouble in this sector of our business. I know we invested this piece of the pie into Iowa land and we live in another state or another area. This part of our business is having trouble. What are they going to do? They're going to try and they need to get assets to sell. And that anytime you have a recession, you're going to have people who are going to need to liquidate. And when they go to liquidate, they will need to liquidate. And when they need to liquidate, they're going to have to sell at market prices. And that's when those people will take a loss and it will happen. It will happen. You will see people taking losses on farms. 100% going to happen, especially when some of these people are bidding things to prices that are far over market value, far higher than they should have paid. Foolish. Mm-hmm. Foolish. These people will lose money, a portion of them. Mm-hmm. It's coming. So I think the lesson there is if for the average guy buying it, it's just to make sure you can weather a storm where you don't have to sell at a loss. Yeah. Easiest way to yeah. Just that. understand what you're buying. Don't yeah. be like those guys that... Over. There's a lot of people that really don't know what they're buying. They don't know who the farmer is that's taking care of it. They don't know if that farmer's really putting down the proper, you know, P and K replacement rates. They don't know if they're taking great care of the farm. Um, they could be mining that soil and not addressing erosion. They, I mean, you gotta be somebody who can be involved in that farm, and that's why investors as a whole. Uh, it's very problematic and that's, you know, it's clearly created a, it's created a business for people that are farm management companies. And 
I see a lot of problems with them where they, you know, they're just sitting in an office. They, yeah, I'll do a little bit. I'll write up a contract that says they have to do these things, but they're really, they're not out at the farm either. So if you're not, if you're an investor and you're not on that farm and you're not somewhat involved and you're not checking in on it, kind of like I said earlier, with like checking in on fruit tree plantings or anything, that's, that's a recipe for disaster because there's all these things that could be going on that you don't know about. It's like, if I owned a gas station in another state and I don't realize the cashiers are, are taking all the beer out the back door every night and ripping me off of the cash <laughs> register. That stuff happens if I'm not in tune with it. Yeah. Well, that's what these, that's what's happening with these investors. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand the land. It's just, Hey, it's a segment that I need to get into. Just like people would say a segment I need to get into is mutual funds and stocks. Okay. Or I need to get into gold and silver. Do you really understand it? Do you, do you, you know, and, and maybe you do one, maybe you're like, well, I'm just going to put it in there and see what it does. Some of those people lose money, but the more informed you are, the more involved you are, you probably do better. Um, but these people will get to a point where they're like, yeah, I got this asset I don't look at. I don't care about in another state and I need to plug the holes for a part of my business that is faltering and reality is going to hit them in the face, especially if uh, they say, yeah, I need to sell it. And corn's back down to four bucks. When they bought it, it was at six or seven and beans are down to 10 bucks and there's not very many buyers out there or interest rates are 10%, but they need to sell it because they're in trouble. And that's how, you know, that's how a bubble bursts. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's it ripples through the market. That's how bubbles burst. And I'm not saying it's a bubble, but I'm saying it certainly could be. And it certainly feels like a bubble to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bubble. I might be dead wrong on that. Might be. Um, but I think it's a bubble. And it's just like, how bad, how big does this bubble get and how bad do things pop and contract afterwards? And I, I don't know the answer to that question, but sure feels like a bubble to me and I could be totally wrong. We for sure have a softening coming. We for sure Yeah, I'm have. starting to see reductions, price reductions on farms that, you know, you talk, I'm, I'm in the same boat to some regard too, so I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but you talk, yeah, you, so talk just, you talk to the agent and they're like, oh yeah, we're pricing to this. I think it's going to go quick. And then, oh Pretty big price reduction. Sometimes it does. Yeah, pretty pretty big. And and what's keeping things up is it's a a broken. Everybody's a broken record on this. We've heard this a million times if you pay attention. But there is little inventory out there, and there's still yeah, there's still that flush of cash still working its way to the top tier. That's eventually just going to gobble it all, Mm -hmm. and all the people towards the bottom have run through it. And and we're almost to the end of that though. Uh, We're really almost to the end of that cycle. So. Very little inventory and still a lot of cash out there. Now, uh, when that money runs out and we have a recession, if we do, and it's probably likely, maybe I'm wrong, whenever that is, um, and interest rates are 8%, the dude with a hunting farm that spits out 1% income, the farm's probably coming for sale. Yeah. And if a buyer comes in there and he's like, well, I'm going to borrow money too, uh, yeah, I called my bank and it's an 8% rate and that's farm spits out 1% income and I got to borrow 60% of the money or 70% of the money. It's going to tighten up a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's just a huge spectrum on what this could do. I mean, it could be a massive correction and I'm not saying like, Hey man, the ground was going for 10 grand and now it's going for two. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but you know, if it was going for 10, does it go does it go down to nine? Does it just stabilize at 10? Does it go to eight? Does it go to six? 
That's possible. That's what happened in 12 and 13. I mean, that tillable went from, you know, I know a lot of tracks that went from six, seven, no, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand bucks an acre back to five. I know a guy that bought one for 4,500 that had sold for 8,000 wow. at an auction. Wow. You know, in four years. I mean, it went down a lot. So do I think that's going to happen now? Probably not. I mean, but it certainly is possible. So I just say, you know, these things are possible. Which one happens? I don't know, but I'm prepared for it. I'm sure. If it's mild, I'm, it's cool. You just be okay. Just be fine with whatever storm comes and a storm will come. That's good. Any, anything else? Uh, oh, I, with your notes I'm far from that. For, for far from that. <laughs> um, far from that. It's just, I'm just kidding. I've just seen so many of these cycles. Uh, no, I, I and think, that's the thing of it all too. Right, no, yeah. not, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I would suspect, I would suspect that corn and bean prices are going to come down, and I suspect that's happening because I think there's, I think the government as a whole, which controls a lot with the USDA, with the reporting systems, with all the things that are going on, the 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 government is pushing for corn and bean prices to come down, especially corn. So you're mentioning that this a fair warning to the people listening. This may be a little bit chopped up because we've tried this a couple of times. We've had some issues with the, uh, with the tool we're using, but anyhow, based off of everything going on and what you've seen, you feel that potentially the government is trying to pull back commodity prices to help with inflation. Yes. Is that an accurate assumption? Yeah. Yeah. So they're really pushing extremely hard with all the levers they can. And government has a lot of levers, a lot of levers. Because um, that's an, that's probably the number one thing that, that people would cite as, you know, um, impactful from inflation is like, hey, my grocery bill is so high. You know, that's what's hitting. That's what makes voters angry. And it also, you know, when voters are angry, that's bad for the politicians, of course. Uh, and it's usually the lower and middle class, clearly, that are having issues with groceries, corn being the number one input into those grocery costs and into the food costs. So the government's reaction is, one, hey, I don't want to tick off my voters, so we got to lighten the burden. And they're really mad, rightfully so, uh, that inflation's so out of control. And then second, when inflation's out of control, obviously our interest rates are just going sky high, which means that again these politicians are going oh oh that's pushing pushing us closer to recession and it's also pushing us to a point where it's so expensive for us to pay off our debt and to pay the interest on our, our debt that we have to reduce inflation well if you're going to reduce inflation a huge component again is food and thus corn prices and soybeans too so they're doing everything they can obvious levers and then things probably behind the scenes um, would be my guess. Um, and that can be done a lot of different ways with the USDA and reporting and stuff like that. Um, it'd just be my guess that sure. they're they're pushing very, very hard. Which these to, mixed use properties would inherently go down in value. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is a portion, again, there's always a portion that pays cash, always. There's always a portion that has debt and there's always a portion that bids things to a certain level based on penciling out certain mathematics. And when people are bidding ground to 20,000, I'm going to pay $20,000 an acre. Why did you go to 20,000? 
I went to $20,000 an acre because I can sell corn at seven bucks and I think I can get this yield and I can do this with beans. And the second you change the math drastically, hey, we're going to take 20, 30% of your profits right off the top. Those people's dynamics are totally changed now. And the guys who went and bought are like, hey, I rented this ground for 350, 400 bucks an acre because I think I can make. 10, 15% net profits, all of a sudden they're like, oh, now I'm losing money. So it ripples through the whole land market. And that's exactly, exactly what happened in after the 2012 and 13 spike, when it dropped down, that's exactly what happened. And that one, those got cut in half. So that was extremely uh, dramatic. But you know, now if we go to four to five, I mean, still that's, you know, if say you were roughly around seven, and you go down to $5. I mean, that's still a good clip. And if you were at $15 beans and they go to 11 or 10 or something like that, which we're kind of trending that direction, it may take another year, might come immediately. Nobody knows. Maybe it'll go back up. But if that happens, yeah, that's going to ripple through the market if it happens. And I think it's going to happen. And I think there's a <laughs> lot of forces pushing it to happen. Sure. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier when we we're having our technical issues, but stuff like, hey, why did we negotiate uh, or why, why is Mexico negotiating, you know, what they, we send them for corn being all non-GMO corn? We have to, we, they're not going to buy our genetically modified corn or whatever it was. Why is all that stuff coming? It's probably because our government is winking at them saying, yeah, go for it because that'll help reduce corn prices or, you know, all these weird things are happening. Mm -hmm. They can do with negotiating with other countries with imports and exports and, all these things that nobody needs to pay attention to. You don't need to understand um, how it's going on. You just need to understand that it is going on, why it's going on, and they are trying to reduce inflation prices or inflation rates. And when these prices go down, if they go down, like I think they will, but if they go down, your cash rents are going to go down. The people able to make their payments is going to go down. They're going to be forced to sell their land and that will correct the market. And we actually need a correction for the health of the market. So mm -hmm. a correction is likely coming if I'm trying to take a wild <laughs> guess at it. Sure. Well, I think there's a lot of things that are pointing to that. And I think the commodity prices are clearly, clearly trending down. And I, I follow that market very loosely. I mean, I'd almost be embarrassed to say that I truly follow it, but I feel that there's been a lot of black swan events in that space too, that has helped propped up prices as well. And uh, once those goes go away or get fixed, then, I mean, if those, yeah, are the there's, why there's all sorts of little things back. that people yeah. don't realize that are going on. Like, Hey, Brazil had a drought. Well, there'll be a year when they don't have a drought. So yeah. what does that do to things? Oh, that drove prices down. Is it going to be in six months? Probably not, but two years, the dynamic could be, totally different. And back in 12 and 13, when all of a sudden grain prices spiked, everybody and their brother uh, dozed everything out and took all this other ground out of this production and switched it over to corn and flooded the market quickly to react to those high prices. And we're seeing some of that now, like, yeah. hey, you know, we want to put more of this in, more of that. I mean, the market responds to that. Now, if you get a big supply and you have like a really good growing year across the whole U.S. and maybe you know, a couple other countries have a really good growing year and all of a sudden there's this excess grain that could drive the prices down. Now we could have a drought and it drives it up. You just don't know. But I would say, you know, on average, the, the forces that can affect it are trying to drive those prices down and they want them down.
They want them down. Don't make any mistake about that part. They want them down. And does the government have powers to influence that? I would argue yes. So <laughs> when that happens, if it happens, the market is going to respond to this. Um, things are going to correct, slow down. Um, and there'll probably be more buying opportunities. And that's what I'd want to buy. Um, yeah. Right now, I, I'm not real ambitious on buying crop ground right now. I'm just not. But if things were to go down and it becomes a little more of a buyer's market and corn is 450, that's when I'd want to probably buy a little more. Mm -hmm. Well, I, there's a lot to digest here. We, we've recorded a, a marathon episode I'm gonna get, that's going to get split up into a couple different conversations. And so if you're catching this right now, I encourage you to go check out the other ones. Covered food plots, timber, how to improve a brand new farm. Talk about land prices. 200 inch deer every year. The guaranteed. Yeah. So you got to go back and re-listen. <laughs> <It's Yeah, interesting. laughs> no, Skip, I really appreciate your time. Uh, the, the fact that you want to share your knowledge from stuff that you've learned from over the years. I'm always really thankful for that. And you have a new website on Iowa Whitetail, right? Yeah. So we just did the new website, you know, like anything, like I like controlling things with farms and getting things done. And this, the tech stuff, it's like, I can't control it. And there's all these glitches, right? When it launched, but <laughs> We did freshen it up. I had a guy that I trust, that I respect, that knows his stuff. I said, you do what you think is best and run with it. Because if I did it, you know, it'd be like the guy that makes a picture with stick figures with crayons. That's my abilities technically. So there's a few little bumps when we just launch it, but it's new. We got all sorts of cool stuff. We're going to do more things purely for education with like YouTube, um, like different topics, how to's or whatever. Um, and then everything we talked about, land, uh, timber, you know, plots, all that stuff, there's just information galore. And, and if you didn't want to go through that, you can ask questions there and get the best minds to respond to it. Just countless guys that have done this forever that are willing to help people out with no motives behind it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the most pure form of information. When, when someone's willing to, to share you things without selling you anything, which in this space and industry, whether it's good or bad, that's really hard to find. And so uh, it's a great place to go look. And I get it. Like, hey, man, I'm going to do this and I have something I do in the background that's related to it. I understand that. Um, but, you know, where it becomes, you know, you listen to some information and you're like, wait a minute. Everything I just heard is one giant commercial. There's a threshold and then there's everything in between. And I just, I, me personally, I just want to be on that side of the threshold. It's like, there's nothing, there's nothing pushing me to make money other than just helping people out and giving them the best information um, and providing a space for people to have a community there to discuss it. And, um, you know, you know, just have all the information known to me. And so everybody helped me for years and years and years when I was a young, dumb kid. And now um, if we can help, help people who are craving information, uh, that's that's what we're here for. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll wrap it up. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. There you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As I mentioned, tomorrow on the Exodus podcast, Skip's going to be talking about food plots while you're planning everything for this season. Listen to this before you do it. Hope you guys enjoy that episode and have a great rest of your week. See ya.